Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is the company run by Joe Ross. Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. We'll get to the um, our YouTube channel in a second. But first, guys, check out BlackKnightNation.com. We have a lot of coverage of preseason camp right now. Uh, wrote a story on Brady Small. Um, Army uh, first team center yesterday. Our guests will know a little bit about playing center for Army. Um, we have a story on Brady. We also had, I did a scrimmage recap. There's a photo gallery by Lynn Fern, uh, a lot of stuff. If you go onto our YouTube channel, man, there's so many interviews now that I've loaded up. I did six interviews yesterday after practice. Crazy stuff. Um, good stuff with um, Aaron Smith, Brady Small, uh, Jordan Owens, Max Domenico. Hayden Reed, and then Coach Munkin. So check all those out on our YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe. And if you're watching this today, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And now all the plugs are out. Now we get to the big guest tonight, Zach Peterson. Zach, we wanted to do this for a long time. You solo on this podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's uh, it's, it's really cool to come back and, and uh, interact and be a part of Black Knight Nation and you know, I still remember when, um, you know, we were doing media engagements back when I played in 2009, 2010. So it's uh, it's exciting to be, be on the show, and I'm pumped you, you got me on tonight. Yeah, I did a Google search. So I'm like, let me just do a Google search, type in your name, my name. And it came up with a story where I was writing about how Coach Ellerson was doing uh, – practicing only using 16 to 17 hours a week to practice during his time, which was less, I think 20 was the limit or maybe even more at the time. And uh, yeah, I, I, I quoted you in the story. Uh, you, you always had the energy at practice. You're always bringing it. Um, and we'll talk about how you, how you got your nickname down the road too. And uh, you know, just played center. Let's really get the accolades done here. Starting center on the 2010 armed forces bowl championship team, two year starter, right? Yes, sir. Two years. Yep. Two, two years starter. And now you're back at um back with the team as the admissions um support officer, right? For the team. Uh that's right. Uh that's that is the duty title that I hold. I do a number of other things, you know, around uh, the program, but admissions support officer is like that's my primary function in my day job, so to speak. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, we usually start with, you know, how you got to West Point, how your journey began. And we usually uh, uh, ask your, your recruiting story and like how you how did it all work out for you that you ended up at West Point? Yeah, for, well, for me, like um, I grew up in Georgia, it's Sharpsburg, Georgia is the name of the place. So uh, it's a location about 45 minutes or so southwest of Atlanta. Um, and that's where I grew up and I played my high school football in that area it's an extremely um talented area when it comes to football uh and the level of competition and and you know what that's like down there in sharpsburg and noonan and uh right in that area you you've got extremely good high school football um and so that's kind of what i got into as i came up uh as a younger child into being a you know high schooler and um so that really became my focus and my passion in high school was playing football and I was playing it in a really good area um, in terms of, you know, just 
Noonan and Sharpsburg and, and the competition that was out there in that level of high school football was very competitive. Um, and so like, I really got into that and that was my focus and what really, what I was about was playing football and I wanted to play at the collegiate level and at the division one level. Um, and so that's what I was about as I came up and, you know, the background and all that is, you know, I was, um, a child of two parents that were military. My mom and dad both were served in the army. Uh, and there were generations of army officers that were on my, my dad's side of the family that dated back to world war one. So I had a lot of uh, lineage in terms of the military, just from a family aspect. So I was exposed to that early in my life and mentored and guided and, and just aware of it as I came up. And then the two, kind of meshed in terms of football and the military in terms of, of what I was into and what I wanted to pursue. Um, and that's really how I ended up at Army uh, and coming to West Point to play football uh, were, were really those two dynamics. Uh, did any of the other service academies recruit you? Uh, no, and I actually took offense to that. Um, Navy and Air Force, really, they, they did not recruit me heavily. Um, Army did, and I had some FCS schools, Moorhead State and Charleston Southern, that were recruiting me pretty, pretty good. Um, but I, I really wasn't interested in the other two service academies. Uh, just be, like I said, Army was was kind of what I was into, just from the family side of things. When you're growing up and you're you're starting to play football, um, are you? And then you, Army is coming into the picture with your family's background and stuff. Are you watching Army get football games? Are you an Army fan at that point or not yet? Uh, I, I, at that point, like I I started to notice it. I think I really when I was a sophomore, junior in high school is when I really started to kind of figure out what West Point was and what you know going to the United States military Academy was all about. And so it was in the middle of high school that I really kind of became aware of it. And I was, you know, I thought it was awesome. And I thought like the role that the Academy plays for our country uh, was just something that was incredible, you know? Yeah. And so um, get up to West point. Um, we always try to talk about that freshman year. You know, I, I think what maybe military and your family, were you kind of, a little bit more prepared than some others for, for the whole beast and for the whole military, um, the freshman year there at West Point or no? Well, for me, like I went to the preparatory school, use maps. And at that time it was located in Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, which is now co-located at West Point. The prep school is right there, you know, with near the main school. Um, so I initially went there and that was, a great way of kind of putting your toe in the water and getting exposed to what was going to happen when you got to the main school. And so that really helped me kind of understand what I was getting into and, and get that little bit of, of taste of it and also have another year to just develop and physically mature. Uh, so that I could just come in that much more prepared the following season. Gotcha. What what was your freshman year like at at Army? Um, I'm trying to go back. Um, that's um that is that's that's not Brock's first year, is it? It it actually is. So I I was recruited by Kevin Ross, who was the son of Bobby Ross, uh, under that coaching staff. That's who 
recruited me and offered me to come to Army. Um, and so I I went and I was all about it. I was at the prep school and that at that time during that year in 2000, uh, 2006 to 2007, uh, Coach Ross stepped down and Coach Brock took over uh, for those first um, really – so he took he took over while I was at the prep school, and then my freshman year was his first year as the head coach, uh, and so I had him my freshman and sophomore seasons at the academy. Was um, I'm trying to think? He was running a pro style your freshman year. Then he tried a little bit of triple your sophomore year. Those are my first two years on the on the beat, and then Ellerson comes in uh, your junior year. And he he prefers lighter offensive linemen. So I don't know how that was for you because I don't know if you're freshman and sophomore year, you're trying to maybe gain some weight or be at a certain weight, and then it all changes your junior year. I don't know what that was. I always like like to hear offensive linemen stories, Zach, you know. But right. Well, like you said, like I was running a pro style offense at the prep school and my first year at the academy, and then under um Coach Brock, it changed to a triple option, and we did that for a year. And then Coach Ellerson came in, and and we continued to do the option, you know, with with differences, obviously. Uh, but as far as like weight, you know, in terms of being uh, a center at the academy, it was never, it was never really a concern for me. Like I was always on what they called at the time the ASAP program, which is the special athlete program basically and this and they have a new name for it now called the map athlete program monitored athlete program in terms of like you need to you can be at the size that you need to be at you can um you know if you're if your position and your sport requires you to be a certain weight like that's fine go do it go be it um and then when you get done with your playing career we will uh enforce something to get you down to an appropriate size to commission as an officer in the army and so, like, it was never for me, like, a huge thing or issue. Like, I played around 270, um, and that in the system we ran was about the right weight and about where I needed to be at in terms of needing to do the different um, techniques and responsibilities I had as a center. So I never had any any issues with weight, and I can specifically remember after we won – the Armed Forces Bowl in 2010 in like, you know, December of 2010, we won that bowl game. We took a week or two of, um, you know, leave or break after the game. And then we came back in January and this was my senior year. And uh, it was the commandant at the time. He brought us into a room and he was like, all right, hey, thanks for what you guys did for your sports team. Appreciate your service to the academy. But like now you have four months to, you know, get to the appropriate size, lose all the weight and get ready, you know, pass the APFD at the time, pass the IOCT, meet height, weight standards and get ready to commission and go, you know, serve in the army. And it was like, okay, great game on. Let's go do it. You know, that was, that was what happened with that. Yeah. Did he, did he mention that you guys brought winning football back to West Point for the first time since 1996? Did he mention that at all or? No, they, the, they, the academy leadership was very appreciative of that season and the efforts we had made on the football field. And like, like you just mentioned, we, you know, we hadn't been to a bowl game since 1996 and we hadn't won a bowl game since 1984, I believe. Um, And so bowl games at the academy in that 
era were, were not common. And so we went to one and we won one. And that was a great, you know, just a great event, a great look for the Academy. And everybody was very excited about that. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, guys, if you're watching right now and you have any questions for Zach or I, please feel free to send them in and we'll post them up. Uh, Zach, let's just get – um. So get to your junior year. Ellerson comes in, and how does that work out? I mean, your sophomore year, are, I'm trying to remember, are you traveling with the team? Are you are you on the depth chart your sophomore year? And how does the transition right. go? I mean, when I was a freshman, definitely I was running scout team and, and doing stuff that most freshmen um, are generally doing, especially linemen as they're coming into the program. Uh, I did – travel for the Navy game as a freshman scout team player of the week. So that was a, a highlight, a big deal for me at the time. And as a sophomore, I had elevated a little bit in terms of the depth chart, depth chart. Um, and I was dressing at home games and traveling a little bit. Um, and I was on the cusp of really getting into, you know, that too deep and playing. And then as a junior, I became the starter uh, and, you know, started really my last two years and had, and you know, we, we had a good run there. I'm trying to remember for the most part, like you said, started your last two years. I don't remember you. I mean, you, you play, I mean, you brought, and as an offensive lineman and you're playing in the, in that style of offense, it's, it wasn't the Munkin style of offense to a point, but I mean, you guys were running the football a lot. I mean, just to stay, I mean, I'm sure there were, you, you get banged up, but, Talk about the toughness that was needed to um to play through some of that because I don't remember you taking any games off, uh, not starting any games, you know. So, yeah, we we had I really think, um, and I know Steve Anderson comes on the podcast and other people from my era. Uh, we had a bunch of, of, in my opinion, talented football players and guys who really were committed to the Army Football Brotherhood and trying to bring a winning culture to the program. And I think we, we started to do that and we moved the needle in the right direction. And it's a credit to people, you know, like Steve, Josh McNary, Ollie Villanueva and guys in that year group um, that were, that were recruited by Bobby Ross and that staff and had been through a lot, you know, in terms of, you, you come in under a certain scheme and a certain coaching staff, and then it changes once you go from the prep school to the main school with a, a different coach and a different staff under him. And then a year later, the we're going to run a triple option, which was different than what we were doing our prep and freshman years. And then we're now going to put in a whole new coaching staff with, with the way that they do it. So we had been through a lot. And I think, there's a core group of people in that era that that were committed to our program and committed to the brotherhood that did the best they could with the circumstances that we had. And, and I, and we, we had a highlight as we went out my senior season in 2010 with that bowl win, um, you know, in the armed forces bowl going seven and six, winning that bowl game and having a winning record, which had not been done in a long amount of time. Like we just talked about. Yeah, and uh, we had if if you if you guys are watching now, if you go on our YouTube channel, we did a 2010 Armed Forces Bowl reunion show. So this Zach, this is your second appearance on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And we had guys like um, we had Steve Anderson, of course, was on. Donnie Dixon was on. Richard King was on. I'm trying to think. Josh Jackson was on. 
Uh, yeah, Donovan Travis was on there, yeah. Marcus Hilton, yeah, and a few others. Like there, there's a good, talented group of people um, from my class that were great football players and did a lot for the Army football program. Yeah, and so, and a lot some of those guys like you and Steve, you probably met at prep, right? You and Steve or no? That's right. That's a that's in, you know that 2007 prep season all of us had graduated high school in 06 and then we went to the prep school and steve and all those guys you just mentioned uh were in that core group of of guys that ended up being on that 2010 team yeah yeah i mean it's just like that group mm-hmm. and just um man and now you gotta help me out here zach it's been a while 2010s a while back yeah. but i'm trying to remember you like the, the line for you guys i know you played center seth reed was on that line right he was, and we, we had um, Anise Mersey oh, yeah. uh, played offensive tackle, uh, Joe Bailey and Jason Johnson, and those were the those were that was the main group hmm. that uh, was on that offensive line during that during that time. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, so so your junior year, we Steve, we remember this with Steve all the time about sure. you know his his career and his times, but let's talk about that junior year and how you guys. Um, were uh, how you got was you, did you see something that junior year that said hey we're on I know you guys had a, a couple close calls and stuff and did you see something that junior year that you kind of figured that 2010 season was going to be something different we did so you know if we go back into that space and time we went three and nine my freshman year three and nine my sophomore year and then the junior year that you're talking about right now we went five and seven. Yeah. And so we we started to close the gap and improve in a lot of areas. I can specifically remember that year when we beat Vanderbilt at home in Mikey Stadium. Yeah. And that was a huge win for us over a power five football team, an SEC football team, uh, where the core cadets stormed the field. And it was, you know, that was it was an overtime game. And it was a great win for for that team and our program. And so that was year one under uh, Rich Ellerson. And so we started to kind of turn the tide in terms of those losing seasons. Five and seven is still not what you want. And it's not where the standard is with the current state of the program. But it, it was a step in the right direction. And it was a, a, um, a, a really a, a, a step before we went to that seven and six season in 2010, my senior year. So we were moving, we were moving in the right direction. That that season that you're talking about, that junior season, year one under Rich Ellerson. Um, no and doubt. again, yeah, and again, like that was great, and people were very excited about that. But I can't not mention the current state of the program and the improvement in terms of the standard that we have now and the expectation that we have now with Army football and what we've done. And that's a credit to Jeff Munkin and the current staff that we have. No doubt. We have a, a comment here that I want to post uh, a question for you, Zach. It's from Kiernan Kane from the 101st Screaming Eagles. How did your football experience at Army help translate to military service? Yeah, that, no, that's a great uh, question from Kiernan. And I think the biggest thing I would say in terms of that question is when you play football at West Point and at Army, um, you are placed 
you're in a position where there is a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and pressure situations, whether that is a, um, you know, a, a summer camp practice, a winter workout, or playing in the Army Navy game in front of 60, 70,000 people, you deal with that and you have to learn how to operate at a successful level in, in those environments through the Army football experience. And that stuff shows up in service once you get out into the Army. And there will, you know, I can specifically remember being on certain deployments and being in pressure situations where the stakes were a lot higher than they were playing football. But that experience in terms of managing stress and pressure as a football player showed up as an army officer in different capacities in different situations. And I would say that's how it really prepared me and allowed and, and, you know, allowed me to, to be in a, a successful officer based on being a football player at the Academy. No doubt. And, um, Kiernan says looking good brother. And then we have, uh, Kyle Highland checking in saying just coach with an exclamation point, Zach. Yeah, no, both of those guys are are great, great friends of mine. And, and Kyle, uh, he just recently came onto the staff and has done his great job uh, working for Aiden, uh, op for our director of football operations. He's he's that assistant in the in the department, and he's been a he's been a fresh breath of air and some great energy coming into the program. And and Kiernan, uh, I've known through military service, and he's an exceptional officer in his own right. Um, as I've seen him out in the army and what he's doing down at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, the, the senior year of the 2010 season, right? Um, man, I'm just trying, I'm refreshing my memory and maybe, um, you know, that, that, that year, I mean, I remember, um, thinking that, that you guys could do something that season. Right. And I remember that I'm trying to get to games. I'm, I'm looking at your schedule, Eastern Michigan, Duke. Tulane you played games at Tulane I'm like I, I gotta get on the road and see this team right at some point and uh they did I did convince them to send me to Kent State when you guys clinched the bowl berth there but yeah. talk about talk about a little bit about the early season for you guys because looking at it you know you guys got off to a pretty good start three and one and the Hawaii game was really close I remember that game that was a little bit of a crazy game where you could have won that game too so you guys got off to a pretty yeah. strong start that year we we really did get off to a great start. Again, it's a credit to the class and the players that were on that team and how we started. And you, we opened up against Hawaii. I remember that. And I remember it coming down to the wire. And it's amazing to think we, we could have easily won that game and could have been sitting there with eight wins. Um, but we were, we were very competitive in every game. And I remember uh, you referenced the Duke game. That was a power five victory over an ACC yeah. opponent, which is a big deal. You talk about – it's hard on enough to win on the road. Yeah, that's a great point. It's hard. It's hard enough to win a Division One football game at that level, and the effort and time and talent that is involved in winning a Division One football game is is a task in itself. And then you you talk about doing it at the Power Five level on the road against an ACC opponent. That was a great win going down to Duke and beating them that season. And there's other games. You you mentioned the Hawaii game, but the game of that season that jumps out to me was when we went to the Meadowlands and played Rutgers and went to mm -hmm. double overtime. And 
and let that game slip away at the very end. But, you know, that's another very respected opponent that we were right there in. Yeah. And, you know, we, we didn't quite get that one done. But that, you know, there was that that was an indication of the type of team we had and, you know, the level of, of commitment and focus we had in terms of, of how we were doing things that year. So, yeah, it was a good season. Yeah, I don't want to remind three three of your losses were by a touchdown or less. So I mean, you guys yeah. were kind of right there to maybe even who knows if those things worked correctly. But you you know what Steve always talks about you guys being strong road team, right? You yeah. went Eastern Michigan opener, you won. Uh, you talked about the Duke game, you won. Uh, at Tulane, you guys won. Then at Kent State, when you guys had a clinch, I mean, you kind of blew blew up blew, blew them out in that game, and. Uh, you know, Tulane team's always going to have some pretty good athletes that are playing on Sundays, no doubt. And you guys won that, like, I think at 41-22 or something like that. Yeah, we, we played – that year we played Tulane in the Superdome, you know, where the New Orleans Saints play. And it, it was awesome experience to go – again, it was a road game that we went down there and, and handled and took care of business. And and Tulane's a great program. I mean, look at what Tulane did last season, yeah. you know, in their bowl game. I mean, the Tulane is, is a great opponent and – yeah, we had a we had a, a a great season, and it's a credit again to the the seniors that were on the team that year and what they had been through leading up to that point. Yeah, you know what I thought was interesting about that season, Zach. You have a lot of senior leadership, right? But your quarterback, Trent Steelman, is a younger player. He's a sophomore, so you know, and he and and Trent, you know, was. You know, the quarterback of the Army football team is always going to get, you know, when he does well, he's going to get the praise. When he doesn't do so well, who knows? But, I mean, Trent Trent was pretty thick-skinned playing quarterback, man, and he was one of the toughest players I can remember as far as on a skilled level, right, a skilled position player that I can remember. What are your What are your memories of Trent? Yeah, I have very, very positive memories of him. You know, I mean, like, like you mentioned, he's extremely – tough guy, a four-year starter at West Point, starting as a freshman, uh, is definitely not the norm and something that's very uncommon. And he was a guy who had a lot of confidence and obviously a lot of ability to be able to come in as a freshman and become a four-year starter and do what he did at that position. Uh, at that school is a credit to his ability and his, his mind state and just his approach to the game. So I remember him being a very confident, uh, great athlete and a, a guy who was wanting to win football games like the rest of us. Um, and he was just able to do it at a level in a clip that was not normal because he did it and was able to contribute so early in his career. Yeah, I think with the recent success that Army's had, right, we talk about the quarterbacks that have played, you know, from last year, Tyre T- uh, Tyler, um, you know, Jamel Jones, Cade Ballard. We can go through the list. Christian Anderson, Kelvin Hopkins, Ahmad Bradshaw. I think sometimes Trent doesn't get talked about a, a, a lot. But then that, that 2010 season, when you guys bring winning back, he's the starting quarterback. And like you said, in twenty and, and 2009, that Vanderbilt game, he's right in the mix in that game too. So, I mean – uh, right down the wire, it was um, it was great watching. And you guys like you know guys in the backfield like Malcolm Brown, right? Brian Brian Cobbs, you're blocking for. Um, who who am I? Who am I missing? Um, uh, Hassan on that team. Hassan on the team there. 
Yeah, Raymond Maples. Oh uh, boy. If if Ray sees me, he's doing that. Yeah, there were some talented running backs, and Trent being in the middle of all that is a credit to him. And you know what's tough is he may not get the level of notoriety that some of those other names that you mentioned have gotten. And and that's you know that thing that comes with the the service academy games and how we did in some of those. And mm, uh, Trent was a great player in his own right. And the other players you mentioned are also great, great quarterbacks. And, and um, you know, I think they all deserve to be mentioned and appreciated equally in terms of what they've done for Army football. Yeah, Pat Mealy, can't forget Pat Mealy, right? I mean, Pat was another tough runner um, from Maryland. I remember covering his recruiting. Um, who was uh, Maples? Aaron Maples, yeah. Man, that guy was special. And he is another one who contributed early on in his career and was able to to come into the program and immediately be a person that we relied on and contributed and and produced very well statistically. Yeah, Ray was different because Ray was a physical guy for he playing the slot. He was he was put Ray was put together and he was he was laying out punishment when he was running. You know, I mean, he was uh he had a lot. He had a lot of speed. Wow, I, I, him. You know. You know who the most athletic running back I think I I covered in um in my time at Army. And this is this is just my opinion. He's up there, but Larry Dixon's also up there too. Um, yes, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned him because I was as you were mentioning all those names. I was thinking about Larry and the the career he had at army and all it was all the great things that he did. And that definitely uh, was, was an impressive career that he put together real quick. We're, I'm totally off the, the senior season. I will get back to it real quick in the bowl game and stuff. Um, when did, were you a part of the morning practices at West point or were you not? Uh, I was not that, okay. that happened after my time, but I have heard about them and, um, and the shift that happened after I had finished playing. Yeah, because I was going to talk to you. My my lasting memory of Larry Dixon, I think it was his freshman year. I got to believe it was a morning practice. I could be wrong. He's running a drill where it's one-on-one, and Josh Jackson and him are going at it. And he literally is running at Josh Jackson, and he hurled Jackson, uh, Josh Jackson. I'm not talking like you know mid, mid-level body. I'm talking over Josh Jackson's helmet he hurled him. I'm like, this is some. This is somebody just that with a ridiculous athleticism and talent. And um, you know, I, I think that Larry is another guy that you know is another person that yeah, the winning didn't happen as much during their time, but he's another talented player that sometimes people might not give the the certain praise and kudos. But he was he was fun to watch, no doubt. So yeah, that's that's an interesting story because if he if he did that over Josh Jackson, I mean. He deserves a lot of credit because because Josh and him, himself is a great he's a great player and a great athlete and he did he did a lot uh, for us during that era that we talked about playing corner and being on the edge and defending some really talented receivers so I mean they're both both exceptional players yeah so real quick we'll get to the senior season and um, the bowl game how you guys finish on a winning note you get that we talked about the earlier seven and six. Bowl champions win, uh, first winning season in, since 96. Man, that game, I talk about it a lot. That SMU team had a lot of talent on it. It was a 16-14 game, 
but you had like six or seven players on that SMU team that went to play in the NFL. You know, Cole Beasley was one of them. Um, I think Eldrick Robinson was another. I mean, they they were a pretty talented team. The defense, you know, got the start with the fumble and the scoop and score by Josh. But I mean, what what do you remember the most about that game um, on the offensive side and uh, what you guys were able to do to win that game? Yeah, you. you I mean, you kind of you kind of said the thought, the thing that I was thinking about in terms of Josh McNary. And that scoop and score touchdown that he had, and I remember, I remember that moment and that play that he made on defense, and and the energy that it created uh, in that game, and how we really turned the the momentum based on his his play and his ability to strip, you know, get that thing into the house because it was it was pretty tough sledding for both teams offensively. I, I don't, you know, it was a low scoring game and. There was not a lot of points that were were being put up by either offense, uh, but Josh McNary on that touchdown, getting us going and and getting us some energy and some momentum by his play in that specific one, uh, gave us a lot of confidence to to at least take control of the game from a mentality standpoint, and we put together some drives later on uh, to ultimately win the game. So, uh, Josh was an exceptional player and you know we all know what he did in terms of sacks and the impact that he had uh from that position and then his nfl career that followed um for after army so i mean credit in that bowl game a lot of it should go to josh mcnary and and his ability to just change the entire dynamic and momentum and energy against smu on that day yeah you're playing at smu stadium too they didn't talk about that. Right. That which, which you know why we were playing there was they were renovated. The game should have been played at TCU Stadium, but it was being renovated, the Armed Forces Bowl. And so um, SMU, not far away from TCU, ended up hosting it. So it really turned into like a home game for SMU. Yeah. And, you know, we still were able to go in there and get it done uh, despite – us playing like an away game against them and you know credit credit to SMU though because they showed up and that was it what felt like a sold out crowd in a sold out stadium and yeah there was a lot of energy in that game just based on the attendance and um, both teams being you know into the game yeah I, I was in attendance for that game uh, that was uh, you know what I, I realized that when I was there at that game I realized man Army football fans travel well because when you it almost felt like at times, Zach, it almost felt like it was a home game for you guys when when things were going right for you. I mean, the crowd was into it. There were a lot of them. You know, I think Bell Helicopter was the ho- whatever it was like. You know, so there were a lot of military in, in in attendance. I remember being on the sideline for the final plays, final moments of the game, and Ronnie Makeda is on the sidelines, not too far away from me, former Army quarterback you know, who is, who I guess is from the, the Dallas area. And, uh, man, just seeing that uh, Trent Steelman complete that pass to David Brooks to seal the game for you guys. I mean, that must have been – to be – I'm on the sidelines, like, just thinking, wow, that's a, that's pretty incredible. You're on the field when that happens. Do you remember what was going through your mind when that happened? Yeah, I was extremely proud of our team and our program. And, like you said, our, our Black Knight – nation and our army football fans they traveled very well for that game and 
you know, Texas is a great state when it comes to military service. And there are, are some great Americans that are from there. And Fort Cavazos, formerly known as Fort Hood, was not far down the road. And there's a lot of academy connections. And the Army football enterprise showed up to support that. And some of that was, you know, we hadn't been on a stage like that in a bowl game since, like we talked about, 1996. Yeah. So going to one was a, a huge deal for our program and our fan base showed up. And, you know, when we sealed the game on the catch that you talked about, I just remember feeling like an immense sense of pride and accomplishment and just being very happy for my teammates and everybody associated with Army football. Yeah, I remember. So on the roster, you guys have got uh... – you have Mike Gann and Jason Johnson who were already commissioned officers playing in a bowl game, right? And they go off to, you know, their yeah, their final their final game is a win, a bowl game win. But then it's like, you know, then they're off to the, their service afterwards. They're not, they're not going back to West Point for long, right? After that. So I mean, that was that was pretty cool to see them go out also winners. And um Yes. And and both of those guys on that football team were not only great football players from the, you know, Mike Gann as a defensive tackle and Jason Johnson as an offensive tackle, but they were great leaders. And, you know, they were older guys. Like you just said, they had already commissioned and graduated and they were playing in that bowl game. And they were key leaders for us during that season and in that bowl game. And uh, we looked to them a lot of times. I know on the office offensive line, uh, Jason was a guy that showed up every day with, you know, just an intensity that was infectious across the offensive line. Yeah. I was, I, I meant to ask you what it was like going up against Mike Gann in practice. That must've not been, yeah, that must've got you a little bit better, right? Oh yeah. No, Mike was, Mike was extremely talented and he's a, a Georgia boy like myself. So we came from the same area and I, I remember, um, we were, we were both seniors in high school and we went to the ESPN zone in Atlanta on signing day and we signed with army and I was going to the prep school and he came in direct. Uh, but then it ended up being that we, you know, we both were seniors in that bowl game. And so I, I had known Mike for a long time and had obviously seen him a lot in practice. And he was, he was a really good player and he helped, make me a better center going against him in practice um, and competing against him across the line of scrimmage all the time. Yeah. He, we definitely, I think helped each other. No doubt. No doubt. So um, you get the seven and six year, you, you, you go back to West Point, like you say, the commandant wants you to drop some weight so you can graduate, you know, from West Point. What, what, what's life like after West Point for you? Uh, was, well, yeah, as soon as I finished, I had been um, offered to be an athletic intern, uh, and that was an exceptional opportunity. And I was blessed to be offered, you know, a position as an athletic intern at our prep school. And um, so I coached the offensive line for a season, uh, following my playing career. Um, and then I went uh, into the army and uh, just did a lot of different things and deployed a lot. Um, I hit a, a stretch where I deployed five times in a seven year period hmm. with four of those being to Afghanistan. Wow. Um, and also deploying to Kuwait 
that last time in the Middle East and some other countries over there um, as a as a company commander. So I, you know, I really just jumped in and tried to apply the same level of commitment and passion that I had for the football program into the military. And it's, it was a lot of fun. And I got to do a lot of um, exciting and great things. And, uh, you know, now I'm where I'm at now, still on active duty and, you know, very excited about being back into the program. No doubt. Some, some uh, army grads have uh, football grads have talked to us about, you know, when you're, when you, uh, you're overseas and you're a tour in Afghanistan and stuff. Sometimes, like you said, some of those things that you learned at West Point and then with the Army football program really come, you know, really help you out. And I don't know if you've ever – were you kind of in some pretty – in the thickest things, so to speak, out there where you kind of needed that stuff to, like, get you, get you through, so to speak, or no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the probably the most intense deployment that I had was my first deployment in 2013. Um like I said, I had just been an athletic intern and I had moved um, really, you go to field artillery. I was a field artillery officer. I went to that basic officer leader course. And then I showed up to my first unit and we deployed to a very kinetic and contested environment. Um, and I was right there in the mix. And really the, the precursor of to that was uh, one of my teammates who was a year older than me, Chase Presnicki. Uh, was was killed in action and you know as an American hero and for all the things that he did in the area of operations that I went into into the same position as a company fire support officer uh, in Wardak Afghanistan and wow. so I went into that environment very quickly after being an athletic intern and um, you know that was a tough deployment our company uh, lost some soldiers and you know but I go back to what I talked about earlier in the podcast in, ter in terms of handling pressure and stress and being able to operate effectively in that type of environment is a credit to Army football and the training and the process of going through all that, you know, allowed me to go into that job and do what I needed to do to be successful. And then as I came back from that deployment, you know, a former teammate of mine who deserves a lot of credit for, for what he did. Um, a guy by the name of Mike Vitti walked across the United States of America in 2014. Uh, he walked 7,100 kilometers, a kilometer for every service member killed in action. Um, and he is my hero. And, and I have told him that for what he did to memorialize those fallen soldiers and bring you know, light and attention and awareness to their sacrifice. Uh, he's an exceptional human being. He's an exceptional coach. And he's someone I really look up to. He was a team captain for me when I played at Army uh, as a freshman. Mike was a, a team captain his senior year. And he did that. And, and at, you know, looking up to him as an Army football former player and him being one and that act of selflessness is – a testament to his character, his leadership, his ability to inspire people around him. And it was just an, an, an awesome thing. I can remember as he, you know, had started in the state of Washington and walked south um, 
you know, all the way down to Arizona and then walked all the way across the country to Fort Stewart, Georgia, where I had been stationed. And I just came back from that deployment that I, that I just mentioned. And I walked a day with him of his hike and just talking to him and seeing it up close and personal was very inspirational for me. And I can't appreciate Mike Vitti enough for, you know, just what he's done as an army football alumni and what he still is doing as a coach on our staff. So a lot of credit goes to him and just his commitment to not only the military, but the program. Yeah. It's really great to um, have for, it must be great for the players, right? Uh, that the current players to have to be coached by a guy like Mike Vitti, who's been through it, right? I mean, he's been through it at the Academy. He's been through it in the service. He's been through it outside of the service and then comes to be a coach at West Point. And, um, you know, I everything you said right there, Zach, really touches be, touches me because I wrote about that stuff. When when yeah. Chase passed, I wrote about that, and that was one of the toughest stories I had to write in my in my journalism career. You know, um, also when Mike was going across country, I wrote that story and followed that story, and then I think what he finished up in Baltimore, if I'm correct. Um, he did. He finished at the Army Navy game. Yeah. Uh, in Baltimore, you know, at the end of that hike that he had been doing. Yeah. Like you said, I guess w really what sums it up, and and you're and you're part of this too. Just um, it's a to put into words just a, the not just the Army Brotherhood, but the type of people you have at West Point, the type of people you have as football brothers, right? And then. The, what they do afterwards and they just do incredible things. We know the, uh, the people who are like the guys who own the Las Vegas, the Vegas Knights and the Florida Panthers and those guys, we know those stories. Right. But the people that served and the people that did selflessly. Right. And that's sometimes we, I think that I need to highlight that more to be honest with you. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, I did not know that story with you and Chase and I mean, there must have been just an incredible. I, I, I know Chase was covering Chase. He was always a guy who would do anything for his team. He moved from quarterback to safety. He always kind of he loved the game. He loved life. He had always had a smile on his face when he was out there. And um, you know, just to, to, for you to follow in that position, I bet there was a lot of a lot of pride there, right? And taking over that spot. And it had to be a little bit emotional for you. So I really appreciate you sharing that. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There, there's not enough good words you could say about Chase. And like you mentioned, not only his role as a player on the team, but then what he later went on to do for his country and his service to, to you know, and, you know, we have an award in our program named after him because he's just, a special guy and, you know, his legacy still lives on to this day. So um, coming in behind him in itself is, is something that you really can't put into words because he's that special of an individual. Yeah, it's great. That's a great point that his, his uh, memories kept alive by that award. And there's really been some really, you know, amazing p players that have won that award, you know, and that, uh, that's something I always look forward to hearing about during those team the team banquet of who wins the Chase Presnicki Prez Award. Um, now, now that you're back, right? And you've been back last season. You're back last season, correct? That's right. The, I'm starting my second year uh, back in the program. 
Yeah, just give us a little bit of your day-to-day, what it's like uh, to be a part of the Army football team again. Well, it's it's obviously an honor to be able to work for Coach Munkin and the staff and to be back uh, a part of Army football and to, you know, have a, a job and have an ability to support the team is in itself an honor and a privilege. And I'm so blessed to be able to be in the position that I am. And I do admissions as like we talked about my primary function. And so um, I take that very serious and my, you know, ability to, to handle seniors in high school and mentor them and help them get into the Academy is my piece uh, in terms of helping the program and allowing them, uh, you know, showing them how to get in and helping uh, prep them for what they're about to do. Uh, is is where I focus my efforts on. And that's, you know, just in terms of admissions requirements, answering questions about what to expect and getting them ready to go uh, so that when they they get here and they they start playing, they can focus on football and and being an army football player. So um, that's that's my position on the staff is the uh, admissions officer. Um, And then I, you know, I also do like the advance stuff in season for away games in terms of uh, setting conditions before the team shows up uh, at those different locations that we play at. So you've been to Death Valley yet or no? Uh, I haven't, but our chief of staff and our D- director of football operations went out there uh, and did a, a site survey on it uh, in the off, sa- off season. Um, and I'll go out there a couple of days this year before the team shows up and and make sure we're ready to go. Yeah. That's going to be incredible, man. That's going to be incredible um, to see Army play down there. And you know how Army plays against those top-ranked teams, how they just – it's it's a fist fight to the end, right? So um, hoping for a lot. I mean, the schedule, Zach, I mean, it's it's a lot, man, to be honest with you. It's, it's very – this is probably the toughest schedule I've seen Army have since I started covering the team in 20, uh, 2007. Um just the three power fives, right? And just the the other teams on the schedule, like UTSA, Coastal, and Troy, they're really good. That's those are really good programs on the rise. So, yeah, we we have some exceptional opponents and some really good competition this season. And you know, we're just gonna have to take it one game at a time. And and I know that if we do what we do, um, you know, we're we're gonna be okay. And and it's a credit to our athletic administration in terms of building the schedule uh, that we have. And, and it's honestly a credit to where the program's at to be able to go out and play a schedule like this, um, you know, and compete with some of these teams. So, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it and very excited about the challenge and the opportunity of those games. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's going to be fun. People ask me, well, what kind of season you think army's going to have, right? They asked me, Zach, you know, hey, it's it's preseason now. They, those questions are valid now, you know. And um, I'm thinking, you know, that this new offense, we'll see. You know, you have to you have to see how the first couple games go and see how the offense looks. I think the defense has enough back, and you know, they've been doing a lot of, you know, Nate, Nate Woody's been around, been in the program for a while. We know what Nate Woody does. They play pretty good defense, and we'll see how. I think this offense could be pretty. It's going to be interesting because I don't know. It's going to be hard to game plan against. I'll tell you that much. 
it's going to be hard to you, you, uh, you're going to have to have a lot of different you know a b c's and d's on your on your defensive plan when you're going against this offense because you just don't know and um a lot of weapons too I, I don't know what you've seen so far you know in in camp and stuff like that not to give any secrets away but i think it's it'd be interesting to see how the offense goes and how the defenses try to scheme against the offense right well well i know that we've got exceptional coaches and guys who are really good at what they do in terms of Nate Woody, Drew Thatcher, Matt Drinkle, and the coordinators that we have. And I, the program has full confidence and trust that those guys are going to put us in the best position to be successful uh, in, you know, that, that really hard schedule that we have coming up. Um, So I, I think we're going to be in a great position uh, with the leadership that we have on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, last question. You you jumping into any drills? You getting the whistle or anything on the offensive line or anything? Or no, uh, no. I'm in my support staff role. I I am not allowed to uh, to do that with with NCA compliance and uh, um, you know. I again, and my job and where I can help the program is in admissions, and so that's where I focus on and I put my efforts and time into getting people into school and trying to set them up for success once they get here so we can keep them uh, for as long as possible. So that's, that's my job in terms of army football. And that's what I'm focused on and trying to do that to my best, best of my ability. Nice. Nice. Hey, really appreciate you having, having you on tonight, Zach. Thanks for all the time. Uh, Your stories as a player, your stories uh, serving in the military and now what you're doing with the team, helping out the team. And I tell you, the Army's Army's recruiting classes are pretty on 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 the big side, Zach. So you got you're pretty busy, you know, with with the admissions side, no doubt. And uh, yeah, we got we we have some really talented football players that are that have committed to come play uh, at West Point, and we're really excited to get them here and help and have them help you know contribute to our program and help us win football games and. Again, that's a credit to our coaching staff uh, going out and recruiting these players and them making the decision to come to Army um, and ultimately, like, bettering our program. And so we've got some great players that just came in and another group getting ready to come in. And Army football is going to be in great hands. And, uh, you know, we're going to have players that can help us win Division One football games. Yeah, across the nation. I mean, like 30, you know, over 30 states are usually represented on the roster. Some recruiting classes, like, you know, um, some some states, like, are, are being represented now pretty pretty well. Even pe- uh, uh, recruits from Montana are, are, are getting looks and stuff. Uh, you know, um, Jake Rendina, freshman's from Montana. I'm like, I can't even recall a fr- anybody from the state of Montana playing at, you know, Army during my time. So, I mean – Great job by the recruiting and 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 you're a part of that in the emissions. Thanks so much tonight. And guys, thanks so much for joining us. Check out our YouTube channel. Like I said, subscribe, give this a thumbs up. We got a bunch of preseason interviews. There's a playlist now where you can see all 19 of them, I think. Um, really appreciate you watching tonight. And uh, Zach, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll be back next time. Thanks, Sal. Appreciate you having me on uh, Beat Navy. <laughs>